Thank you for listening. Visit www.cityhillglobal.com to find out more about City Hill Church. Good morning, everyone. Great. You're probably really excited about Christmas, um, like I am this morning, and because it's a great time. It's a great time because you get to spend this time with the, your loved ones, family, friends, people come around. You're not meant to be alone at Christmas time. If you are alone, let us know so that we can find people who might be able to spend Christmas with you. It's a time for family, people to get together. Merry Christmas to you and a Happy New Year. But one of the things, imagine this. Imagine you prepare your presents and you get everything ready. You put everything under your Christmas tree. You get ready for the following day. This is the 24th of December. You get ready for the 25th. You go to bed. You go to sleep. And the following morning, you wake up early in the morning. And the first thing that comes to your mind is to go and open your presents. It's to go and actually have the pleasure of distributing presents to members of the family. But before you could even think of doing that, someone comes. A member of the family comes to you, wakes you up and says, someone is here to see you. And you wonder who this person is. And you say, who? And they say, God is here to see you. God? Yes, God. Here? Yes, here. In this house? Yes, in this house. To see me? Yes. Little old me? Yes, he's here to see you. I just want to say this this morning. That the stories that we have seen being played out on this stage... Something similar to that took place when Jesus came to this world. It wasn't something that people were relaxed about. It was something that was terrifying. It was one of those moments where you plan your, your day and you know what it's going to look like. And it turns out to surprise you and look slightly different to what you already planned. And I'm going to take you through three episodes of what everyone has just been doing here. And the first episode starts in the book of Luke, in Luke 2, from verse 8 till verse 20. The second and third episodes are found in the book of Matthew, Matthew 2, from verse 1 till verse 6. Luke 2. What you find in Luke 2 is you find this man called shepherds. They are in the field. They are looking after their sheep, and all they're thinking about is their sheep. And lo and behold, and the angel of the Lord appears and speaks to them about something bigger, something greater than, than themselves, something greater they've ever, never, ever experienced or seen or heard. And this was the greatest news the world has ever had. And the news is Jesus Christ is born in Bethlehem. One of the things you need to know about the angels is that they represent in this story the poor and the marginalized. This were ostracized. This were people on the fringe of society. This were not the wealthy people. This were those who were marginalized. You had the lepers out in outside of the community, and then you had the shepherds. 
and then everyone else in the inner court. These people were the forgotten. These people were the ill-treated. But what happens is that God says, I am here for you. And God speaks to them through an angel. You've got to understand that an angel appearing before you is not like what is depicted in pictures everywhere around the world where you see these cute little babies with chubby cheeks that look very cuddly. These were not cuddly-looking people. These were scary, superhuman creatures. And they appear before these people, the people who nobody will talk to, nobody will actually spend time with, and they appear and they say, we're here to bring you good news. And you have been chosen to tell the whole world about the Messiah who has come to change the whole world. Jesus came not only for the powerful, his special attention even today in this city is upon every single person. He's here for those in this city who have been treated really badly, those who are forgotten, those who are lonely, those who cannot speak out, those who need vindication. Jesus came for them. When Jesus came, he was here for the marginalized. He was there for the overlooked. He was here for the poor. And in now, the shepherds, they get a special privilege of now being told the greatest news of the world, but also being entrusted with this incredible news to go and tell the whole world. This man, just shepherd boys, have the privilege of now seeing and encountering the king of the whole universe. And if you are here today, and you come from that background, and you feel in this city that you are marginalized, you feel like you are one of the poorest of the poor, with the bottom of the food chain, Jesus Christ is here for you. He's here to encounter you. He's here not just to encounter you, but to treat you like a king, to raise you up and to lift you up into a place where no man in society dares to think that you deserve to be there. But Jesus is there. He's come for people such as you. You might be experiencing tough situations at work, and you think, how am I going to get out of this? Let me tell you, the king of the universe says in this city, where you have left your family back in your home country, and you are here to come and make ends meet, and you think, I have nobody here. He's here to stand with you and to be with you today. He will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. Episode 2, in Matthew 2, you find, firstly, the wise men. These are not just your usual people. This would be the modern-day astrophysicists or astrologists. These were the scholars of the day. These were highly intelligent people. These were people, they were no man's fool. You couldn't just tell them a story and they just believe it. But these people from the East, the Magi, they get to travel for miles and miles, we are told, to come and see the Savior and bring gifts and to worship Him. They're no man's fool. They don't just worship, but they had encountered something 
A star had come and revealed the very thing that they can relate to, the very thing that they know more than anyone else, had pointed them not away from God, but closer to God. Who are the intellectuals here? You you are great at reasoning. You are great at telling us things that we cannot fathom. Let me tell you this. Jesus is beyond the intellectual abilities that we have. And he speaks to these people through the very thing that they've been studying, through their intellectual ability. And he tells them that, hey, watch this star. This is the star that's taking you to me. Follow this star. Here are a few things. Firstly, Christianity, when you become a Christian, you don't become less intellectual. When you become a Christian, it's not like you limit yourself, you operating within the boundaries of religion and you can't think. The Bible makes it very clear that if you want wisdom, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. You think you are wise? If you don't know God yet, you've barely started in wisdom because wisdom is found in him. Only until you discover Christ, until you come to Jesus, until you understand him, would you know that now I've started with wisdom. Is found in him. But not only that, people reason and they tell us about nature. They tell us about the universe. The intellectuals are telling us about the universe and everything that we see around us. They're studying that and they never stop studying that. The universe does not take you away on the study of the universe and all that is around us does not take us away from God. It brings us closer. As these people were studying stars, everything was pointing to one to the king of kings and the one who rules over the whole of creation, over the stars, over the moon, over everything that they see around them. Remember, these people knew exactly what they were seeing. They knew exactly what they were studying. You could not fool them. These people were not twisted by someone to come and worship. And the intellectuals of this world see themselves carrying gold, carrying frankincense, and also carrying myrrh to go to Bethlehem to worship a child. That is mind-boggling. It does not make sense for those who believe that God does not exist. But hey, he comes in the most unusual ways. He does not appear to them through an angel. He appears to them in the way that they can fully fathom and see and, and perceive And they follow the star, and they come to him, and they see him, and they say, this is the king. Not only were they intellectuals, unlike the shepherds, these people were foreigners. They were Gentiles. They were not part of Israel's story. They were from outside of of Israel's story. And they were being brought in to witness something that they not only were able to witness, but they too were able to associate and familiarize themselves with what was happening. And as is, Jesus Christ has come, not only to be the king of Israel or the king of Jews or the king of few Christians, Jesus Christ has come to be the king of the world. And Gentiles were able to present their gifts to this child, this baby, and they bowed and they worshiped him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And the Bible says, 
again. A fool, a fool will say in his heart, there is no God. Foolishness ends when revelation of God is revealed because every wise man in his wisdom, wisdom does not take them away from God. Wisdom draws them closer to God. And it is through wisdom that God has revealed himself. If you haven't seen him, he's knocking on your door today in this city. And he wants to say, the fact that you are here today, he wants to say, I'm here now to present myself to you. So in the same way as the shepherds where saw this incredible picture of an angel and they had to respond to that, they had to, even though they were scared, they had to overcome their fears and draw closer to him because he was there. Sometimes we have to overcome our fears and draw closer to him because he's making himself available to us. Episode 3. We saw Herod sitting on his hair throne because our Herod was a she. But he is a king. He cannot be touched. This man represents power and authority. The very thing that has brought most of you to Dubai. So that you can be more powerful. So that you can have more authority. So that you can be in charge. Nobody gets to tell you what to do. You have all the money and the possessions in the world. Here's a man who is seated on the throne. And he hears this news about a king who is born. What does he do? Remember, there can only be one king in the whole of the universe who is in charge. In, this, in any kingdom, only one king is required. And Herod, who could have actually conceded, he could have said, all right, I realize, although I'm a king, although I'm the king of Israel, to be honest, if you look at history, I'm not supposed to be here. Because the one who is born is the one who deserves the throne. He says, I'm going to fight this guy. He says, I'm going to bring him down. Remember, he is a, a strong, powerful man fighting a little baby. And he goes after Jesus. He manipulates the wise man. He tells them that, hey, just tell me where he's going to be born so that I might come and worship him. You know what? He's lying. And with power, power can get you to do anything. To lie so that you might retain your position of power. So he's lying. He manipulates. He's, he, this tyrannic power inside him is enraged again because he realizes that someone else might take his place. Do you know what he does? He decides to kill Jesus, but he makes a mess in the whole of Judea by killing babies, innocent babies, all across Judea. In your life, there's only got to be one king. It's either you or it's Jesus Christ. At the moment, you might be thinking, I don't consider myself king over my life. But actually, in the way that you live your life, you are your own king. Nobody gets to tell you what to do. You are in charge. You are in control. Your life revolves around you. Or maybe your family around you. Maybe a little bit of those around you that you get to help here and there. But really, you are a king. 
You are a king of your own palace, your own home, your own household, your own company, your own... You tell people what to do. You are in charge. Let me tell you what. Like Herod, who dies with no legacy, nothing to show for, he, there was no way that he could be king and that could, Jesus could be king because they, the two could not coexist as kings. If that's the way you go... You cannot fight him as king because he will always be. He will always beat you. He will always be in charge. It's eternally like that written that you will be king. There are two things. You either reject him and you reject him to your own fate or you accept him and say, I deserve to be not a king but part of the kingdom that is bigger than myself. Because you are entering a bigger, greater, massive, powerful kingdom. And it's the kingdom of Jesus Christ. There can only be one king in your life. Either Jesus or yourself. And you've got to choose whether you make Jesus the king of your life or you continue to be king over your own life. Like I said, Herod became king over his life and it became disaster thereafter. And even in the history of Israel, he's not esteemed to be one of the great kings at all because he fought a battle that he could could not win. You will be fighting a battle that you cannot win. Only one king, and that king is here today for you. The difference between Jesus and Herod is that Jesus Christ does not go after the little ones, the vulnerable, the marginalized, the poor, and squash them and and destroy their lives as we see in this world. The richer get richer, the poor get poorer. It's about survival of the fittest. Those who've made it up to the, to the top of the ladder, they can squash those who are at the bottom. Even in a, in a most diplomatic way, Jesus is very different. He's the one who goes to the bottom of the ladder to lift us up. Regardless of our background, regardless of what we've done, regardless of who we are, regardless of the reason why we're here. And he... Instead of becoming that king on the throne, he becomes nothing. He dies on the cross eventually later. He doesn't kill. He dies on the cross so that his death might mean life for all of us and for all men to see. The question is, can he be your king? Going back to the story of the shepherds. Are you hearing his voice? Are you going to respond to his voice as he calls and he says, I'm here today? For married couples here, I know for men, sometimes we don't hear clearly when our wives are speaking to us. But my question for everyone is, are we hearing all the details of what he's saying? Because you could be overwhelmed by a preacher like me. You could be overwhelmed by the angel and say, this is scary. What I've just heard here, this guy standing here wearing all black and telling me about Jesus is the same as the the shepherds probably could have said, hey, what we saw is terrifying. Don't be obsessed with the messenger. Think about the message, but also the message, the, 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 the person through which the message point to is Jesus Christ. Give yourself to him. And let your knowledge and intellectual ability, if it's truly rooted in good knowledge, it will drive you to him and not away from him. And lastly, 
There's only one king. It can't be two kings. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for bringing your son to us. We know even right now he's here. He's here for us. He's here for the world. He's here for all eyes to see. The shepherds went back and said, all that we were told by the angel, we witnessed exactly that. I pray today, even those who say, I really want to respond to the call of Jesus Christ. I pray today that they will witness in you the very power that they've been explained. I pray today, Lord, that power will take people back to Jesus another way. I pray today that um, every single person here will know that Christ does not take away your thinking, your ability to process, to think, but in your thinking, he will take you closer to himself. I pray today, Lord, that we will recognize there's only one on the throne, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he's king over every person's life. We bless you, and we thank you for all you've done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you stand with us? We're going to worship the Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening. Visit www.cityhillglobal.com to find out more about City Hill Church. Thank you.